Welcome to From the Peak with hosts Howie Outerbridge and Peter Sonier, where innovators, leadership gurus, and plain old awesome people are interviewed to hear how they have gained clarity in their lives and improved their view from the peak. Okay, hello everybody, and welcome to From the Peak. I'm really lucky to have a special guest today, Allison Greaves, who is the Human Resource Manager at DuraWest Construction Management. You know what, Allison is a lot of things to a lot of people. If you know her, you'll know that she's very active in the community. She's a, an active mother. She's a mountain biker. Uh, she's a former coach with the Special Olympics, and Above all, in my heart, she is this year's recipient of the CPHR, BC and Yukon's Rising Star Award. So very impressive, Allison. Welcome to From the Peak. Thank you for having me. It's quite the intro. Well, you know, again, you're quite the person. And um, I, I mentioned sort of earlier on, Allison, that I, I'm just really excited that I actually have a chance to interact with the Rising Stars because, as you know, um, my interaction with Rising Stars is really shaking hands and posing very awkwardly for photos on stage in front of a thousand people. So it's great to actually be able to have a conversation with you. Well, thanks, Howie. And I feel the same way. It's It's been great to get to know you. And thanks so much for supporting uh, the award. It was uh, quite an honor. And I'm just really happy to be here and to continue to expand my network of HR folks who are all fantastic so far. Yeah, yeah. I think, you know what, it is one of those communities, I got to say, you know, being, you know, when I joined the uh, human capital consulting about 10 years ago, and really started networking with HR practitioners, I, you know, it's just a really great group of people, I'll be, I'll be honest, and I don't think I can say that about all of the groups of people that I interact with, but for sure, I think um, most HR people I, I love. Yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't agree more. Yeah. And they're doing really fantastic, fun things. And like, like you in this podcast, I mean, not too long ago, an HR podcast would have probably not been something I would have thought would even exist. And uh, I was mentioning earlier that uh, I was really excited to, to be the guest on this podcast, but I got nervous when you were doing your speech at uh, the Upside of People Human Resource Conference, which CPHR put on and did an outstanding job. And I was watching and in the live feed, the chat uh, came up and you mentioned I was going to be the guest. And uh, somebody went in there and chatted that this is the best podcast they've ever listened to. And I all of a sudden went from not being nervous to nervous because the expectation is pretty high here. I've got uh, big shoes to fill. <laughs> Well, you do, you do. But I got to say, you know what, you're, you're the perfect person for this podcast. So thanks again for making time. And again, one other thing, I think that's really important with this podcast is that people, um, rising stars, right? People that are, are thinking about, uh, about the award or nominating for other, um, other people for the, the award will have a chance to just hear your story, which um, one of the premises of this podcast is, is telling stories that are too good not to be told. So, so that's what today is all about. 
Well, yeah. thanks again. I'll do my best. I'm excited. Yeah. You know what, this po- podcast too, it's it's all about um, the shifting of perspectives, right? So if you think about the mountain, Mount Logan, and as people climb up a mountain, their perspective changes from being in the valley and not being able to see very far to, to really having more clarity in their life and in their profession. So, you know, how has your concept of HR shifted during your career? Uh, yeah, my perspective has changed so much. I almost didn't even have a perspective of what HR consisted of um, because it was really never in my career path. I never had that focus. Um, I was working, I started at DerWest as the administrator seven years ago, and my goal was to move into managing projects. So I got very familiar with, you know, the procurement process, and then I moved into a project coordinator role, um, and then ultimately ran a few very small projects on my own, and it wasn't for me. Managing projects is such an incredibly difficult uh, role, and kudos to all the the project and construction managers out there. Um, It wasn't for me, and I realized that I needed to find something else that would work. Um, And I loved DerWest, and I really wanted to stay. So HR was not a dedicated role. I didn't really know what it was going to look like, but just from doing research and chatting with people in the industry, I I knew that there was a lot of value there and that this is the direction the industry was heading. So um, luckily I work with great leaders who were very supportive of that Mm -hmm. um, role and that change. And they put me through school and then I became the HR manager with zero experience whatsoever. So I didn't really know what to expect. I thought it was the typical payroll and, you know, the hiring of people and adding them into the system. And I knew, you know, terminations would be a part of it, but hopefully not very often. Uh, It it was, I I was really looking forward to the really fun component of it. I love people. I love the differences of people. I love the backgrounds of individuals. I love their natural learning styles and how everyone is just so innately unique and I thought, what a great way to, to be able to spend a lot of time with folks, to plan the parties, to reward them, to do the fun th- side of the business, which I thought needed a little more attention. Um, but boy, I guess I thought it would be easier. You know, I thought it would be a lot funner. <laughs> Not to say I don't have fun around here, because I do. Um, but it's a challenge. You know, my perspective of HR changed so much. So like we really are not, I don't want to say in control, but we have a big impact of people's livelihoods, their careers, um, their growth and development, the successes they experience in their professional lives really relies heavily on the amount of involvement and support they have from a good, strong HR team. So for me, you know, my perspective will continue to change because I am still so new to this industry. Um, and I'm excited about it. HR scopes are expanding. Um, you know, there's a lot of really creative ways people are coming up with uh, rewarding individuals and adding value to, um, you know, their everyday um, working life. And I'm so excited to, to continue to watch it change and, and evolve. Yeah, 
Amazing. I mean, isn't that true, right? Like starting and having this concept of what HR is, right? Adding people to a system or hiring or payroll. And, and you're right. It's, you know, we're working with people. Um, and, and so clear, it's very clear to me that that's been a really big part of how your perspective has changed and, and the part of the role that you really um, love. And, you know, I got to say too, like, the last 18 months, I think any HR practitioner will tell you that they're being thrown curveballs that nobody has ever really had a, a, to, to hit or to had seen or experience. And so I'd love to hear your, your, your thoughts on like the value of HR in an organization, especially now in the middle of COVID. Oh yeah. I, I mean, the value of HR cannot I mean, you can't overlook it. It's difficult to quantify um, unless you have years and years of, of data. And I wish I did, but I don't. Um, but without people, we don't have anything. And that's really cliche to say, but now we're dealing with people who, or we're working with people who are under a lot of mental stress. Um, working through COVID has been really challenging, especially in construction. Um, we were considered an essential service, so we were not shut down. So right at the, since the very beginning of COVID, where a lot of it, people were experiencing, you know, a bit of confusion, some fear, some trepidation about what, <clears throat> excuse me, was about to, to happen and what we were about to go through. We were still all at work and everyone was on the front lines. Um, you know, we, we really needed to support them in their mental health, in their decisions to stay home if they wanted to, because they didn't feel comfortable coming to site. Um, you know, and I don't think that if HR was there and, and, you know, let people know that we hear you, we validate the way you're feeling, we're a supportive employer, that people would have wanted to come back, you know, um, what an opportunity to decide to switch industries if they wanted. And, you know, it's just a matter of keeping, keeping employees. Um, I don't want to say happy because it's too cliche, but listened to and heard. And um, it's a team, it's a team approach. We need to work together with our employees so that they feel comfortable coming to us and saying, this isn't working. This is fantastic, whatever it may be. And then us working with them to find solutions, to implement, you know, progressive new changes, whatever it may be, because without HR, um, nobody's going to want to continue to stay. People are looking for that sort of work-life balance, that sort of relationship, the culture that we need to create to offer our employees in order to keep them. Yeah, you're right. I mean, there are there are industries that have experienced significant loss um, of employees because people are are having this pause and they're rethinking, hey, is this right for me? We're seeing it in the service industry in particular. Um, yeah, my wife's experiencing it with her her um, her travel company as well. So, um, you know, one of the things that was interesting when we were talking earlier uh, was the, the fact that the construction industry hasn't, you know, historically been known for having a strong HR presence or a reliance on HR. And you experienced that starting with Durwest seven years ago. So, You've shared that it's not typical, um, but that's changing though, right? To have an HR resource in, in-house with construction. So, so tell us more about that. That's, that's a really interesting uh, thing that you're noticing. Yeah, so construction is 
fantastic. I love construction. It's tangible. It's a lot of problem solving. Um, it's, I, I would like to think it's probably the oldest industry like period, because I mean, back to the Romans, like people still had plans. They were still building incredible structures that still are there today, which probably we can't all say (laughs) is the case for our buildings (laughs) that we all build right now. Um, You know, it's been around for a really, really long time and it's been similar for a very long time. Um, It was very much male dominated and still is today. Um, And so in a lot of ways, it's a really old industry that is slow to evolve. Um, and, and HR is definitely a part of that. And I don't want to say that not all industries have an HR dedicated individual because they definitely are starting to. It's just we are one of the industries that took a little bit slower to adapt that. Mm. Um, and some are still struggling to adapt some aspects of that to, to this day. I mean, certainly the the big players, the the PCLs and you know, the Elistons, like they've got hundreds and hundreds of employees and, and there's much more of a dedicated HR focus there. But you're talking small to mid-size businesses that don't always have the overhead to add a full-time dedicated HR role. Um, it's a tough pill to swallow because it is difficult to, to quantify the value that you'll get back out of that role. Um, but that's shifting. Um, like I mentioned, like people are looking for that sort of lifestyle that a good culture can provide. They don't want to go to work to a work site and be harassed anymore or, you know, hazed or bullied. And there's a lot of great progressive um, initiatives out there like the Builders Code, which is phenomenal. I'm not sure if you've heard of it, but it's a it's a provincially um, funded initiative that protects um, individuals from or welcomes individuals of of all backgrounds to construction sites. Um, They want to create a workspace that works for everybody, free of bullying, harassment and and hazing um, with the goal of getting to 10 percent of women in the industry. I want to say by 2028, Um, you know, and even doing that is going to add over 9000 um, individuals to the workforce, which we're experiencing a major labor shortage right now. So, I mean, we've got to, we've, we're growing. HR is becoming more of a focus. We need it to be a really attractive career um, to bring people into the, to the industry. And people are, are certainly picking up on that. Every, every, everybody that I know, including sub trades, um, is certainly talking about HR practices, if not already implementing them. Wow. That's great. So, I mean, that's a really clear indication that, you know, that there are changes afoot and that, um, there's a slow shift in the market, which, which is, um, not the market, but the industry, right. Which I mean, gosh, I remember walking by construction sites as a kid and hearing people, you know, the colorful language and, you know, the old guard talking about, what it was like back in the day and having to walk to school uphill both ways. So, so there's this well, sort of, you're, yeah. you're right though, Howie. And you know, there was a lot of um, practices that were accepted on a construction site years ago that would have had you terminated in an instant if it happened yeah. in a formal office setting. And that's a big shift that like, a lot of us are trying to make and is slowly coming um, with an HR focus because 
it shouldn't be allowed on a construction site just because it's a construction site and it's been like that for a really, really long time. Um, but there are some really, really um, incredibly skilled individuals who've been working in the construction world for 30 years where it's a difficult change and difficult adjustment for some people, you know, so that's another challenge that we're trying to sort of hurdle is coaching and mentoring and sort of expanding the perspective of, of a certain group of individuals um, and working with them so that they still have, you know, a lot of years left in the, in the industry successfully. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think we all have our perceptions of, of construction and a construction site. So, I mean, the, you've mentioned a few challenges um, that you're working with or that you've noted, uh, and these must come into play when you're talking about recruiting and finding talent, considering this, this um, labor shortage that you're, you're in the middle of, but also this massive gender imbalance that's happening as well. So how are you dealing with these, these um, recruitment challenges and what sort of magic wand have you come up with to get around? I don't have a magic wand. I wish that I did. (laughs) I think, you know, we have to go easy on ourselves as HR professionals, because sometimes, you know, we put our very best foot forward and it still is really challenging. And, you know, I can get phone calls all day long saying we need carpenters, we need carpenters, we need carpenters, but it's really hard to find if they're not there. So we're definitely, the entire industry is facing these challenges. Um, This forecasted labor shortage has been discussed for years and years and years. Um, Skilled trades are retiring. Um, Building is booming in BC. Um, And, you know, to say it simply, there's more trades leaving than there are entering. So, you know, BuildForce estimates like 41,000 individuals will retire and only 35,000 will enter. Um, And I'm not sure the time frame on that, but I think it's in the next 10 years, um, which is leaving, you know, an over 6,000 person gap. Um, And you can, there's lots of different numbers from different sources out there, but the bottom line is there's a big gap um, and that the demand for building isn't going to go down. The unemployment rate is low still. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, what's the solution and how we get around this? Um, I mean, we've got to be creative. It's, it's what happened to all of the employees that left because of of COVID, um, you know, the CERB had an, an, an impact, obviously, as well. I think a lot of people have left the province, potentially, you know, I'm going to, wow. you know, especially the younger individuals who were here, and we live in a very, very expensive city. Um, Vancouver, obviously, is just is more expensive, but um, the cost of living is so high. So, you know, you can't live off of the CERB, maybe people have gone home, I think, you know, there's a number of other reasons um, why we're, we're missing a lot of employees. Um, what do we do about it? Uh, I mean, I don't think there's a golden ticket. We're going to continue to find have this challenge to find trades. Um, we want to encourage people to go into the industry by making it look, uh, might, no, I shouldn't say look attractive, but making it a really attractive industry for, for new um, and young workers. Um, having said that, there's 
you know, mandates for apprentices right now um, on certain projects, you have to have a certain number of apprentices. So you hire up young, eager, smart, driven individuals for an apprenticeship. And it's taking them two years just to get into their first year of schooling. So now a four year um, apprenticeship is taking, you know, anywhere from like six to eight years to complete because wow. there's no added classrooms and there's no added services to, to train and, and certify individuals. So that's another deterrent. And, you know, it's, it's a, it's a struggle. It's a big one. Um, I mean, we could get into all the, the different recruiting hacks and where you find individuals, but that's a different podcast, I suppose. I think, <laughs> yeah. you know, being patient and, and um, being creative and also being understanding that everyone is feeling this crunch is, is a big part of it because we can't carry it all ourselves. It's not one person's responsibility um, and, and work with, with a network of fantastic HR folks. <laughs> Right. Well, you're really describing a like systemically um, serious handicaps, right? That that there's there's just there's a a shortage of people. There's a shortage of classroom space, Um, and so yeah, multiple barriers for you um, for those targets that you need to meet. So. But hey, you know what? You're a rising star. You're, and I'm sure, I'm sure that uh, I'm sure that people in your organization are thrilled to have you as the one with the HR experience and the drive to to get you know get the right people and find the right people. But um, and that's kind of a nice little way to shift gears because we've been talking about your work and the industry and what's been happening. And I know that the listeners will really want to hear just a little bit more about you. And you know, so if I ask you about you know, successful people and being a successful person means having people in your corner, people behind you to support you. So who's in your corner? Yeah, I, I couldn't agree with that more, Howie. It's all about who's in your corner and who your network is. Um, I appreciate you calling me a successful person, but there's definitely days that I don't feel successful, especially <laughs> going through these terrible, you know, uh, labor shortages and, and COVID challenges and everybody experiences those days. And, you know, it's not to say that you're not successful, but it is not always easy, certainly. Um, and the people in my support network are, are huge. Der West is and always has been in my corner. There's such an incredible group of, of leaders to work for. And mm-hmm. I mentioned earlier that I started off as the administrator here seven years ago. Um, and and now I'm I'm the manager of human resources and I'm also a partner. And that's a testament to the the value that they saw in me and the support that they offered me in my growth. They trained me, they helped me grow. Um, and they're not just my employer. They're very much my friends and my family. And, and that's huge. They've seen successes, they've seen failures and we get through them together. It's not a one person show by any means. I share my success with everybody who's here. Um, and I'm, I'm super fortunate for that. Um, you know, I've also got this incredible network of HR professionals um, through CPHR that we created. It's a community of practice. We've got over 110 members in that group wow. now, and they're all HR. You don't even have to be an HR professional. You just have to find yourself conducting some form of HR in the construction industry, because a lot of us are doing this by ourselves. We're one person departments. 
Um, and I had zero experience stepping into this role. Um, so, and neither did anyone else here. Um, no one else was in HR, you know, other than payroll and the, the high level stuff. So that group of individuals has been hugely supportive. Even just this morning, I had a, a situation that cr- crossed my desk this morning and I didn't know exactly what to do. So I got on the phone to one of my building well um, colleagues, Alana, you're fantastic. Thank you. And she <laughs> said, no problem. You know, I call me right away. And so we talked through it and we had the same, you know, um, ideas and we both agreed on an outcome. And it's just, if I didn't have that, it would be a lot more stressful because you'd make these decisions without having a backup to say, yep, no, I think you're doing that right. I think this is the right way to go because there's no black and white answer to a lot of these um, HR um, problem solving issues that come up. And there's so no, true. yeah, there's no, there's no playbook. We've got to, you know, figure it out as we go and we're going to get it right a lot of the time, but sometimes we're not going to um, get it right and we're going to learn from it. So that, that group has been so incredibly valuable to me because uh, without them, I don't, I would have no idea what I was doing a lot of the time. (laughs) Yeah, no kidding. Well, I hear you totally loud and clear with that, right? The network. And and again, you, you started as a, as the um, admin um, representative at at DuraWest. And so growing into that role of HR manager and partner, um, growing into that network and building that that, that foundation of, of, you know, experts, but pals too, right? Being able to call people and just, and when you have a question. So when people are, are, are new to the field or when they, when they start in an HR role and they don't have that network, like, you know, what, what advice would you give to them on how to get people in their corner? Yeah, I, I think you just need to get outside your comfort zone and go find a network because they're out there. There's a lot of associations in the construction industry, whether it be, you know, through VICA, which is the Vancouver Island Construction Association, um, or ICBA, um, or CPHR. I mean, there's a number of different associations out there, and most all of them offer networking opportunities. Um or training uh, where you're going to meet like-minded individuals who are training for the same thing in the same industry um, and connect with them. Um, You know, it's not always easy to to get outside the comfort zone, especially through COVID. COVID, you can't go to, you know, a, a snazzy lunch and shake hands with people and switch business cards the way we used to. Um, now it's all virtual. It's It's a lot trickier to to get out there and do that through the virtual world but it's so important and it's so necessary in this world of HR I think I mean if you're lucky enough to have someone who works in HR with you or a mentor fantastic take advantage of that if not get out there um you know find some folks you can join our group if you're in the construction industry um it's, it's, it's so valuable. It's necessary. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I think the, um, for people, if there's not a network that that's there, there, there is a network there for them. I know CPHR does a fantastic job of providing mentorship opportunities and other, other touch points. So, so yeah. And it's, again, I, I think you're, you've been, you've done so well. Um, and a lot of that is attributed to just having this, this strong network. So, um, so if we look in the past, this past seven years, really exciting growth for you. And I can't help but wonder what comes next for 
the 2021 rising star. <laughs> well, first I need to get my rising star tattoo <laughs> next week. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> um, but after that, um, Dur West, we have a really busy year ahead. Um, we've got some really exciting, challenging projects. Um, you know, we've got a couple of years ahead of, of and, and hopefully longer, um, of some challenging projects, some really large projects. Um, we're going to be needing a lot of people. And like we've chatted about, it's going to be a challenge to find them. But uh, I, I just, I'm, I'm along for the ride, honestly, Howie. I, I, there's yeah. so much for me to experience and to learn in HR. I absolutely do not think I am an expert in this yet. I just really enjoy it. I love the people. I love the problem solving. And so I just want to experience more of it. So much mm. of it doesn't happen on a regular basis. Um, you know, you really never know what's going to come across your desk. And I just want more opportunity to experience more challenges, um, good and bad. Yeah. You know what? That's amazing to hear, Allison, because it, it, it's sort of this, this principle of, you know, you never stop challenging yourself and never stop learning and growing. It's not, hey, get my tattoo and that's it. I'm going to basically <laughs> put my feet up on my chair and never work again. It's you're just saying, I'm gonna, I've got work to do. I'm going to get off this podcast because I've got problems to solve. So, so that's really cool to hear. And I know that when people hear this, there's going to be people that want to check in with you and want to touch base with you and maybe want to have you as, as their mentor to help guide them. So that's, that's what this profession is all about, right? It's, it's giving back. And so, so, and thank I you for that. giving back to us. Yeah. Oh, um, it's my pleasure. And I, I, one of my big goals would be, I would love to, to be a mentor to newcomers. Um, I just think the growth and development of individuals, regardless of industry is fantastic. I love seeing people grow and, and change and, and continue to learn and get better, you know, and I've got a teenage daughter, she's 13 and just watching her all of a sudden now, like take the bus everywhere. And it's just great. My son too, it's, they, they grow up and they get smarter and they can do things that they couldn't do before. And I'm proud of them. Just like I'm proud of employees and, and people in the industry and, and, you know, not to toot my own horn, but me too. I think we're all growing and it's fantastic and we should be proud of that growth. Yeah. And Hey, that's an, that's a great place for us to wrap up as we we've climbed this mountain and our perspective has shifted. And uh, yeah, um, I love, love what you've said today. Thanks again for, for joining us. And, and I know um, our listeners will be thrilled to hear what, what you've had to say today. And again, from, from all of us at Logan, congratulations. Uh, I've heard tattoos can be painful. So, you know, <laughs> do, do your best, be tough in the chair. And uh, to all of our listeners, thank you for listening. Um, we really appreciate the opportunity to, to connect with you in, in a variety of ways. Um, and we wish the best to everybody. Take good care. Thank you, Howie. joining from the peak peter and howie look forward to exploring another topic with you soon and both wish you the best on your journey to the peak